Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. For one episode only, Larry D will take his focus off of the Bears and devote his attention to his other beloved Windy City franchise from the north side, the Chicago Cubs. History was made last night, and Larry D witnessed it all. Larry D's thoughts plus knee-jerk reactions on this very special one-time episode of the Chicago Cubs Review. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout, jumping up and down like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The Cubs have done it. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over, and the celebration begins. It's going to go down as one of those historical events that ends that that will become part of that game. Where were you when, you know, uh, the, the where were you when Ka- Kennedy was assassinated? Where were you when 9-11 happened? Uh, so on and so forth. Where were you when the Cubs ended a 108 year drought and won the World Series in one of the most historic baseball games in the history of the sport? And <laughs> where were you when that happened? I can tell you where I was. I was right here in this living room, not believing it. It was uh, 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 an unbelievable, unbelievable night. Uh, I professed to you guys more than once that um, I'm, I'm not a baseball guy. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan. You know, that's I, 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 I really can't, uh, you know, I really it was, it's kind of like uh, with um with also with with basketball and with hockey I didn't really I don't really like I follow the team obviously I pay attention to what's going on I know where they're at in the standings their records uh and so on I don't watch a lot of regular season baseball uh when it comes to it uh for the for the Cubs and you know 82 games for the Bulls and the Blackhawks is just too many 
uh, to sit through. I don't I don't have such a love for the sport that I can watch a lot of regular season action. But come playoff time, you know, I'm watching the Bulls. I'm watching the the uh, the Blackhawks, and I sure as hell was watching the Cubs, man. I really, really was. And uh, last night, all of my all of my prayers and wishes came true, and the the Cubs in the most dramatic way possible. Um, uh, coming from three three games to one in the series, uh, having to win both games in Cleveland six and seven, and then you know seemed like they were going to coast to a victory, and then they that then they had that soul crushing we are cursed moment by blowing the lead in the eighth inning, uh, and it just seemed like oh crap the Indians are going to win this thing now, uh, you know you kind of had that thought in the back of your mind for the first time. Uh, with this team, I, I didn't have that feeling when the Cubs fell behind uh, three to one in this series. I didn't have it in the NLCS when they fell two to one behind on the Dodgers or anything. I just never had that feeling, but it 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 happened. It happened when the when the when when Chapman gave up that home run in the eighth that that tied it up. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was probably the one time that that oh no here we go again feeling kind of surfaced but um you know we persevered and um (laughs) it's not just something you have to simulate on your on your xbox or your playstation anymore to see it happen the cubs did it they won the world series and it's real the actual cubs did it you know not your manually generated or your self-made team on on mlb the show or whatever it actually happened on the field in real life, the Cubs won the World Series last night, and it just, uh, it's just—it's—it's so unreal. And um, listening to the to the call from Pat Hughes there that we had at the beginning of the the show, we got that from AM six seventy, uh, the score uh, in Chicago, and um, you know, I, I put that little clip together at about two thirty three o'clock this morning, and I was still buzzing. You know, the game ended around 1130 or so, and I was still buzzing three, three and a half hours, so much so that I felt the need to do that then rather than wait until today, um, you know, sometime today to to put that all together. I was editing all that stuff together last night about 233 o'clock uh, in the morning. And I, pr- I didn't get to bed till almost six this morning. It was insane. Uh, just the the euphoria, the adrenaline, the um, it was just uh, crazy. So. After all of that, after my six-minute intro, what's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for this very special one-time episode because history like this only really happens once in a lifetime. I mean, this very special episode of the Chicago Cubs review, reviewing Game 7 of the World Series. Um, I have knee-jerk reactions for you. Um, You know, you make a special exception for things like this and um it just felt appropriate to do it so if you're not a baseball fan you don't want to hear about it hey no problem but uh, this is just me documenting this in in very much the same way that i did a review episode of the 85 bears 30 for 30 uh documentary you know this is just one of those things that uh i felt the need to do and um you know maybe not so much for anyone else to hear but for for me you know maybe i can play this episode for my grandkids uh someday and let them listen to what 
what grandpa and or papa or whatever was thinking about going through feeling um when that historical moment actually happened it's not fantasy it's not a dream it's reality and uh for long-suffering cub fans like myself uh last night was a was uh was unreal it absolutely was you know and even for someone like me who like i've said many times not a baseball fan you know i i don't have much love for the game itself i'm i'm a cubs fan i I, born and raised on the north side um you know my neighborhood was almost literally in the shadow of wrigley field i grew up maybe five minutes away uh down clark street away from uh wrigley and uh for uh, for the the long suffering that we've gone through even in my short time in in my 38 years on the planet uh to see this happen uh was uh it was a dream come true a fantasy come true it's just uh something that uh even though i got a lot of life ahead of me something you never thought you'd live to see you know it just didn't look like it was written in the stars for something like that uh to happen so Let's go ahead and dive into this thing. I'll just start throwing out the knee-jerk reactions. I have no idea how long this show is going to be. I I just knew that once I started talking about it, it would definitely be long, uh, too long to include in our next episode, which is going to be our mid-season review report type show. We're going to have Lauren Cox from BearsWire.com on the show to join us to talk about the Bears the first half of the season and what to expect slash hope for uh, in the second half uh, of the year. Uh, that will be the next episode that's probably going to come out uh, Friday, tomorrow or Saturday. You know, it's like this one is just being kind of thrown out there. Uh, just for the hell of it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking with Lauren Cox tomorrow afternoon on, on Friday, and we'll have it out by, you know, Friday night, at Saturday morning at the latest uh, for the uh, for the midseason review. So, um, you know, I just knew that uh, I was conservatively thinking, oh, maybe it'd be like a 15-minute segment, and here I am looking at the, the clock on my recording software here. I'm 9 minutes, 42 seconds into the episode already, and I haven't played you the knee-jerk reactions yet. So... Yeah, that this it it's this is uh this was the better idea rather than than sticking this on the front end of a of a of a regular episode. I'll just give it its own time slot, uh, if you will. So um, I decided that as far as handling knee jerk reactions, I wasn't going to go inning by inning. I divided uh, the game up into uh, three inning segments, kind of like how you go quarter by quarter with the NFL uh, and the Bears games and such. So here's the. Uh, the first, the knee-jerk reaction for the first three innings, and uh, what was going through my head at the time. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the World Series in Game Seven between my beloved Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Indians. We are three innings in. We just finished the third inning. It's tied at one. The Indians just tied it up in the bottom of the third. Basically, like one of the first pitches of the game, Derek Fowler hits the home run to put the Cubs up one to nothing, and. They haven't been able to get anything going on Kluber since, but but Kluber, Kluber is not blowing the Cubs away like he did, especially in game one where he was unhittable. He was tough in game four. We got a couple of hits on him, but we didn't do much of anything against him. But in this one, they're getting the bat on the ball. Uh, they're putting it in play, which, you know, 
something's got to give eventually. You know, either the Cubs are going to keep flying out or they're going to start flying out of the stadium or flying into the gaps to get people on base. So Kluber isn't as invincible as he was in the first two innings or the first two outings. And here we are in uh, with Kyle Hendricks, who was uh, very good in the first two innings, got banged up a little bit in the bottom of the third. The bullpen was up and running at one point, so I don't know if they'll uh, if they'll stay warmed up or if uh, you know how early Madden will pull him because basically anybody in the pitching staff with a pulse is available for tonight. Arietta, even though he pitched last night, I read the Cubs have him slated for 20 pitches. John Lester is there. John Lackey hasn't pitched since Game Four, so uh, you know any and everybody will go through before Adrolius Chapman uh, comes into this game. So. Uh, Right now it's 1-1, and, uh, you know, it's anybody's game, but I'm I'm loving our chances. <laughs> Sorry about the football hits being part of it. Uh, part of what I was doing last night while I was messing around with the, with the audio clips and everything was uh, trying to find baseball sound effects to kind of be the, the hits between the knee-jerk reactions, but I couldn't uh, – I found a few uh, websites that had sound of, that free sound effects, and I tried to edit something together. It just uh, – didn't quite work as well as the, the hits, so just going to have to put up with that for now. But, uh, you know, in those first three innings, it was um, – you kind of got the feeling that you were in for a ball game. You know, Derek Fowler uh, hitting that home run to start off the uh, the game. I didn't even see it. I uh, had just got in uh, from uh, – I ran out to get some – to get some dinner i mean got a Mac- mcdonald's just down the street so i quickly went through the drive-thru come running back into the house uh put the food down on the on the the tv tray that i have down here and and went into the into my uh into the basement into the into the laundry room where i have a little mini fridge to uh to get uh some water uh to drink and uh while i was getting the water to drink i hear joe buck blah 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 blah, blah going crazy so i run back in here to watch Fowler running the bases like oh man we're it's, no wasting time here we we got one already uh where it was uh, I mean we're going up against Kluber it's the third time it's the second time in the series on short rest uh for this guy and and I kind of uh, had a feeling like my dad and I talked about it uh beforehand that you know when when the Cubs faced um Kershaw the second time in in the in the NLCS he didn't dominate them like he did the first time around. The Cubs clobbered him. We kind of felt that maybe the Cubs having a third bite at the apple with this guy that finally that uh, we've seen him enough, we faced him enough, and that uh, we'd finally get some hits off of him. And Fowler, who's uh, struggled at times in the World Series, nails a home run off the base. You know, one of the first pitches in the whole game sends one in into the seats, and just like that. We scored on the guy. I don't think we scored any runs in the first two games uh, on the, on the on this guy. And here we are. The first batter he faces hits the home run. And like I said, uh, going through those first three innings, he wasn't mowing us down like he did in game one, and sure as hell not like he did uh, in game in game four. He was unhittable in both of those games, and um, you know he wasn't invincible anymore he was human you know if uh, like Schwarzenegger said in Predator if it bleeds we can kill it well he was bleeding and we killed him uh, as you'll hear in, in the next uh, knee-jerk reaction for innings four through six um, you know the Cubs uh, established a lead but but we also we got pricked as well we were bleeding and uh, we could we showed Cleveland that uh, you know if we could bleed they could kill us too <laughs> <laughs> 
Knee-jerk reaction, the Cubs and the Indians game seven of the World Series after six innings. We got six in the books, and uh, it was only a 1-1 game after three. Well, it kind of exploded after that. In the fourth inning, uh, the Cubs added two more runs uh, to go up 3-1. to one. And what's significant about that is that somebody put out a stat that was um, – when the Cubs have scored two runs or less in a game, I think even dating back to the NLCS, um, they've lost. But when they score three or more runs, they've won every single time. You know, since from the NLCS on, because the the, the one game they lost to the Giants was a 6-5 to five, uh, loss. But uh, in the NLCS and in the World Series, Three runs or more equals a win for the Cubs, and they scored that third run uh, in the fourth inning. A sacrifice fly from uh, from Addison Russell who scored uh, scored uh, Chris Bryant, and then Zobrist scored in the same inning on a double from uh, Contreras. Uh, in the fifth inning, uh, Javi Baez, who has been atrocious in the World Series, like 11 strikeouts, just swinging at anything, you know, like he could hit a bowling ball at one point. Um, hits a home run to lead off the fourth inning against their huge uh, closer and in, in, or their mid-reliever in Andrew Miller. Uh, you know, he smoked one to, to, to right center field to go up 5-1. to one. And then things got interesting in the bottom of the fifth. Um, they pulled Hendricks with two outs in the fifth. John Lester comes in in relief duty, and there are two guys on base, and he throws a wild pitch that was such a crazy pitch and ended up scoring two runs for the Indians, making it a 5-3 game. I mean, just like that, it went from 5-1 to one to 5-3. That's huge. And uh, the, the momentum is with the Indians, and it's getting crazy out there. And then in the sixth inning, David Ross, who is only in the game because Lester is in the game. That's Lester's catcher. Those two are a package deal. Hits one to straightaway center to make it 6-3, to three, and that's where we sit right now at the top of the seventh with uh, Fowler just hit a base hit and Schwarber's coming up to bat. Cubs are up 6-3. to three. We're three innings away from, from pandemonium, especially in this house. Such a crazy inning uh, in the fifth with uh, – with Javi Baez, who I said has been virtually non-existent. I mean, the only thing worth talking about Baez in this uh, series is how terrible he's been. I mean, it's a stark contrast to the hero that he was uh, even in, in the Giants series and especially being co-MVP uh, of the NLCS. The guy could do no wrong. And then in the World Series, he was one of those people that it definitely looked like the moment was bigger than him and he was he was collapsing under the weight of it basically because he started to make errors in the field uh you know swinging at absolutely anything uh you know balls bouncing in the dirt three three feet in front of home plate and he's swinging at it anyway just be he was pressing basically is what was happening he was pressing he was trying to make something happen trying to be the hero instead of just playing the game and uh you know it really just looked like it was getting to him and then last night boom he hits that home run to give us the the 5-1 lead and then like i said with with Hendricks, the guy was pitching brilliantly he was he was outstanding um last night and madden for whatever reason said i mean he said in in press conferences and things like that that he did not want to bring lester into a quote-unquote dirty inning which means having guys on base 
uh, and things like that. He and there were there were guys on base, and he brought Lester in anyway instead of letting uh, Hendricks finish the inning. And what was crazy about everything that unfolded was that the 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 pitcher or the, excuse me the batter that uh, was the last guy that Hendricks faced was a. Um, you know, had he had a two and two count on the guy. He throws a pitch that, when they showed the little graphic to show where it was in the strike zone, was a strike. It was a strike, and for whatever reason, the umpire laid off on it and and called it a ball. He ends up walking the guy. Madden pulls him like that. There was two outs. That should have been the end of the inning. That should have been it. That was, should have been the strikeout. Hendricks pitches his five innings. He gets the win. You know that kind of thing. And instead, it comes a walk, and it set off this chain reaction of events. Lester comes in; um, he's he has he has no stuff in the fifth. He has nothing. Uh, he only needed to get one out to get out of the inning, and yet he he throws a two-run error fast or a wild pitch like it bounced in front of home plate like two or three other pitches in front of it had like he just didn't have good stuff I thought it was like oh Christ look at this he it bounces in front of home plate then banks off of um, David Ross's face mask and that's why it got so you know thrown because it, it it kind of rocked him you know, I don't know if it like dazed or confused him or whatever, but it knocked him on his butt, and then he goes running after it, and the guy on third base scored, and it was it was such a you know such a cluster, you know what, that uh, the guy was able to round from second and score on the wild pitch uh, because of it. I mean, that's just what a crazy chain of events that had happened, and automatically Madden's uh, move comes into question. You know, why did he do that? Why did he do that then? You know, he even said that he wasn't going to do that, and he did it anyway, and it backfired. You know, it's just uh, – and I saw one tweet, and I don't remember who it was, but uh, it may have actually, ironically, have been Lance Briggs. Uh, this was not the time for Madden to prove that he's the smartest guy in the room, and that was like one of the most dead-on quotes that I saw last night uh, on Twitter, and uh, I, I do think it was Lance Briggs that said that, but uh, it, it definitely rang true when you, when you saw a moment like that happen. Now, as we get further into the baseball game, I, I felt the need to come in early because another Madden decision that would have been questioned and would have been questioned to death had it gone against us, had 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 things not gone the way for the Cubs and we ended up winning the game, the eighth inning would have been something that Madden would have had to explain until the Cubs had a chance to redeem themselves in 2017. Major reaction to the Cubs and the Indians after eight innings. And it's important because the Cubs had that 6-3 lead going into the eighth inning, and it's now tied going into the ninth. Um, if this thing goes sideways on the Cubs, it'll be Joe Madden that has a lot of questions to, to answer because – Twice tonight, he brought in relief pitching at times when, you know, I'm not a baseball guy, but I, I think that both times he brought somebody in, he just should have let the pitcher finish the inning because it was in the, the fifth inning that he brought in Lester. And after he brought in Lester with two outs, Lester throws the wild pitch. His, his pitching is kind of all over the place. There were guys on base. The two runs score to make it 5-3. to three. The Cubs extend the lead to 6-3. Then Lester actually settled down in the sixth and the seventh. He was awesome. And again, in the eighth, he got two outs in the eighth. 
They bring in Chapman, who uh, promptly gives up those three runs, and now the game is tied. Uh, I mean, it just uh, he gave up two home runs, a solo shot, and then uh, you know got a guy on uh, a guy got on base, and then uh, Rajay Davis, I think his name was the one of the outfielders for the Indians, hits a two-run homer to tie it up, and here we go uh, into the ninth inning. The Cubs are up to bat, and uh, I'd, I'd be very worried to see Chapman go back out uh, if the Cubs uh, have the lead, especially uh, going into the bottom of the ninth. So, But here we are, just like when the Cubs evened up the series 3-3, three and three, it's a 0-0 series with, uh, you know, it's a one-game series. Well, now it's, you know, conceivably it's 0-0 and it's a one-inning game, and uh, we'll see how it shakes out. And like I said before, this that was the one time when, when Davis hit the home run because he was an unlikely hero, one of the last guys you'd expect to hit a home run like that. But, uh, you know, it was the one time that I kind of felt that was the moment for me. It was the, oh, God, here we go again. Or, uh, you know, this is the one time that I felt the quote-unquote curse rearing its ugly head uh, once again. You know, here it is, Aroldis Chapman, this unhittable steamroller of a, of a of a, a relief pitcher that could throw 100 miles an hour in his sleep if he wanted to uh, throws a more 100 miles an hour more than he doesn't you know he's just a freak of nature as far as what this guy can do and here he comes in this inning in this time uh, where the game is just set up for him to to be the hero and uh, close this thing out and be that pitcher that threw the you know that saved the game that won the Cubs its first World Series in in 108 years and he blew it and you know it's like I'm I, something else I read on Twitter and I felt exactly the same way it was um, I don't blame Chapman for this um, you know a lot of people felt that he shouldn't have been pitching not in game seven but he shouldn't have pitched in game six. Because the Cubs won that game 9-3 to when they brought Chapman in in the eighth inning or whenever it was. Uh, I think it was actually brought him in in the seventh again. But, uh, you know, he'd, he'd pitched 40 pitches on in game five. And, you know, on, on a day and a half's rest, here he is pitching again in game six. Um, we had a five-run lead. You don't bring your closer in when you've got a five-run lead. It's like you don't know why you're doing that. Just go to somebody else. Uh, in the bullpen this isn't even if even if Chapman closes it out it's not a save opportunity you have to have three runs or less uh, in order for it to be a save opportunity and we we've got a five run lead uh, here we don't need him in the game or he shouldn't be in the game Um, you know he gave up uh, you know gave up a run or two and he got banged up a little bit before he got pulled uh, in the ninth and um, you know should have been saving him for game seven especially with the lead that we had so that came into question and then Chapman comes in when he comes in when um you know it was kind of like a a freak bounce Addison Russell was there to make the play uh, on the last batter that uh, that Lester faced it was a it kind of uh, bounced in a way where it didn't go. It kind of went above his glove or, you know, that kind of thing. It wasn't even a hit. You know, it wasn't an error, but it wasn't a hit either. So it's not like Lester was showing weakness or whatever. Madden pulled the trigger on it too early, and then what happened happened. And we're like, oh, Christ, here we go. Is is this the moment that it actually kind of – is this the Bartman moment for this series? You know, Chapman coming in, he's kind of over, he, you know, overworked and, you know, shouldn't have pitched game six, and he did, and, and now here is game seven showing his fatigue. He wasn't dominant and blowing the Indians away like he was 
uh, before. So we go into the ninth inning, and crazy enough, Madden, this crazy guy, brings Chapman back out there, but it ends up being no harm, no foul. Knee-jerk reaction, Cubs and the Indians. The ninth inning is in the books. We're still tied at six. Like a madman, Joe Madden brought uh, Aroldis Chapman to pitch in the ninth. Uh, he got himself out of it. Uh, there was a moment where I crapped my pants. Uh, Kipnis, the, ironically, the kid from the Chicagoland area, Northbrook, uh, went to a high school that I played football against a few times, uh, Glenbrook North. Um, hit one but it it's it, it really actually it was just kind of the way it came off the bat that scared me more than anything it just had that angle that home runs go out at when they leave the bat but it went foul and that was basically the major scare but here we go into the 10th inning now uh the cubs are gonna up to come up to bat uh my hands are shaking my heart is racing and uh where it was i was excited cool and confident after six now I just want it to be over. <laughs> Win or lose, I just I need this to be over. You know what I'm saying? I just need to know what happens after. How am I going to feel after? So, yeah, I just need this to hurry up and be over already. And that's where my head was at, absolutely. Going into the 10th inning, uh, and this was actually just before, just before. I mean, like literally seconds after I got done recording that, the rain delay happened. And it was like, oh, geez, right after I said that, I just want this to be over. My heart can only take so much. If they're going to lose, just let them lose it already. You know, the whole Band-Aid thing. Just rip the damn thing off and let's get this over with so I know how I'm going to feel, you know, or what I'm going to have to deal with or process or, you know, what have you. And um, literally seconds after I stopped recording that, the the Cleveland uh, – uh, grounds crew started pulling the tarp out out onto the field. I'm like, oh, my God, really? This is going to happen now? And it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, Cleveland had the momentum. They, they, you know, granted, Chapman came out and he did his job. He closed out the ninth inning uh, unscathed. Um, the, the Cubs in the ninth Javi Baez, once again, I mean, actually, you know, a lot of people kind of blame Madden for this uh, as well. Jason Hayward gets on base, which is a sentence that you didn't get to say much in the postseason, uh, gets himself on base. Um, when he went to steal second, the ball got away from uh, the, the shortstop that came to try to, you know, tag him out. So Hayward moves all the way to third. We got one out and a man on third in the top of the ninth. Baez comes up to bat, pushes it to a to a full count and for whatever reason Madden calls for the the safety squeeze he called for a bunt and in that situation when you have a full count if you foul tip a bunt attempt that's the same as a strikeout and what did Baez do instead of letting the ball hit his bat he tried to jab at it you know try to try to direct the tried to try to direct the ball instead of just letting it bounce off his bat and going from there um he he just he tries to jab at it and he ends up getting on top of the ball which sent the ball right down in the home plate which of course is a foul ball and so that was a strikeout so now we've got we've we've got two out now with the man on third 
Fowler came up next, and uh, Lindor, the the shortstop for the uh, for the Indians, made a hell of a play. He chased down a it was a, a a shot right up the middle from Fowler. Ended up going all the way behind the second base bag, practically in center field, to throw out Fowler out at first and end the threat. That uh, you know we go into the bottom of the ninth, and Chapman, God bless him. Uh, you know, thought it was nuts that he was out there, but he he made it clean through the ninth inning. We go into the tenth. There's this this freaking rain delay, and it turns out to be a blessing in disguise because the Cubs came out, it retook the momentum, and I went half innings on this one. I was there after the Cubs uh, had their turn up to bat in the top of the tenth, and uh, here's my reaction to that. Knee-jerk reaction, bottom of the 10th, and history is at our doorstep. The Cubs are up 8-6, to six, and we are three outs away from history. And uh, I'm not going to get into how we scored the runs right now. It doesn't matter. We scored them. We're up 8-6. to six. I'm very interested to see who's coming to the mound. If it's Chapman, it's not. It's Carl Edwards Jr., He's got a two-run lead and a very deflated Cleveland Indians team to face. So I'll see you at the end of the inning. You know I can laugh now when I listen to that segment. When I said my favorite part was I'm not going to get into how we scored the runs. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, just the, the most historic two runs in the history of the entire franchise. But I'm not going to. It doesn't matter how we scored. We scored. Um, Zobrist, Ben Zobrist, who ended up being the World Series uh, MVP because he was the most consistent bat that the Cubs had in their lineup throughout the entire World Series. I mean, even in the games against Kluber where he was dominant and mowing everybody down, uh, Zobrist was the guy that was getting hits and giving the Cubs chances by putting guys on base. Um, gets up to bat. Uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber starts things off. He gets a single. Um uh, Chris Bryant uh, came in and, um, you know, it, it's it just <sighs> Zobris gets up there. Uh, we got guys on first and second. Uh, Bryant and uh, and Schwarber are up to bat or are on base and uh, or actually it was Rizzo. Um, Bryant, Bryant, I think, flew out. Uh, it was Rizzo that was on base. Um, it, Rizzo on first, uh, Schwarber on second. Zobrist comes in uh, as uh, I think he's a switch hitter, but he was in batting. Uh, that's how much. That's how well I, I know the Cubs. Zobrist was up to bat. He was batting lefty and he hits one opposite field straight down the third baseline for a double. Schwarber uh, comes all the way around from second to score. Uh, Rizzo went all the way to third, so we got guys on second and third with one out, and now we've got the lead. And then uh, Contreras, Wilson Contreras comes in um, and gets another base hit, another opposite field uh, base hit that brings Rizzo in. Now we're up 8-6, and here we go. We go into the bottom of the inning, and just like I was saying at the end of the ninth inning, I just need this to be over. I really just need to finish it, especially since the Indians came in and Rajay Davis uh, was trying to get himself a bronze statue in Cleveland because the guy came up with, uh, with, with Indians on base and drove another run in to make it 8-7. But, um, you know, God bless it. The, you know, Carl Edwards Jr. came in. He got the first two outs. Then, then Madden went to the bullpen once again. Mike Montgomery comes in and, and gets the save and finishes it off. You heard the moment at the start of the show with Pat Hughes calling the final out, you know, a, a slow roller to third base and 
Bryant comes in and throws it to Rizzo. The game is over, and the celebration can begin, just like Pat Hughes said. And, um, you know, I, I what playing that moment in my mind over the last, you know, 48 hours or so and what I, how I thought I was going to react, I thought I was going to react the same way that I did when the Cubs won the NLCS. I was an absolute bawling mess of a person. Uh, when the, when the Cubs made it to the World Series, be, when they beat the Dodgers uh, to go to the World Series, I was I cr- I was crying so hard that my dog Buckshot felt the need to console me. An animal felt the need to console me. Like I'm sitting here on the couch, um, my my hands are in my face. I'm I'm crying so hard. The dog felt the need to kind of come up and like press himself up against me to kind of hug me to try to make me feel better that's how concerned he was to my reaction to the Cubs winning the NLCS and uh, instead it was I mean just listen to me it's more like disbelief like I can't believe this happened the real tears didn't come until after this moment but this is what it sounded like when the Cubs won the World Series and I was there to see it (laughs) Um, knee-jerk reaction. Uh, we won. We actually did it. Um, <laughs> oh, in my lifetime, I have now been able to see every one of my Chicago teams win a world championship and this is the one i'm not a baseball guy i never have been but this is the one that feels the sweetest it absolutely does because you know basically we're like the cleveland browns of major league baseball so bad for so long and yet we have one of the most devoted fan bases on the planet and here we are rewarded for all of our suffering down three to one you know, seemingly had that we are cursed collapse in this game, six to three lead in the eighth inning and we blow it only to come back in the 10th to take it. And 108 years and, and we did it. The Cubs are champions. They won the world series. So there you have it. That was the, the moment you can kind of hear me, uh, kind of, you know, getting choked up, just the the thought and the reality of, of, of everything, um, you know. But since then, I've seen a thousand things that have triggered tears uh, from me Be- because, you know, and some people won't understand this. You just you just won't get it. And that's fine because I understand it. And I know that I'm not the only one. Uh, you know, my father posted a video on Facebook last night uh, for my grandfather, you know, daddy, they did it. The Cubs won the world series. He said, uh, for, for my grandfather, um, lived his whole life, never got to see this. I mean, quite frankly, they never came close. He passed away in 96. So he never even got to see, uh, Sosa and McGuire in 98, the 70 and 66 home run season that those two guys had the Cubs making it to the playoffs in in 98 he didn't have to suffer through Bartman in 03 God bless him he he lucked out not being here for that and uh and everything but uh you know I was watching with him in 84 when Leon Durham let the ball go through his legs a la Bill Buckner who did it a couple years later um you know 
we as Cub fans have been waiting, and this is one of those things that's like mythical for us, a World Series championship in Wrigley. Just, you know, so much the history has shown us over the years, this is not possible. It's not in the cards for you guys. You're not going to do it ever. Like, I believe at some point eventually in my lifetime, I will witness the Cleveland Browns winning a world championship, hopefully after the Bears do it again at some point. But, uh, you know, it, it'll be one of those things that um, this is this is sports history. You don't have to be a Bears fan or excuse me, you don't have to be a Cubs fan or even an Indians fan to appreciate what happened last night. But being a Cubs fan made it a million times more special, you know, to know that, you know, no one that I know was has witnessed what happened last night before. And, um, you know, it just it just made it all the more special uh, to be there to see that, um, you know, talking to my dad on the phone uh, last night, sharing text messages with all of my buddies. and We're all scattered out. Uh, you know, across the country, but all of us basically feeling like we were home uh, together last night watching that happen. Um, you know, your thoughts immediately go like mine to my grandfather, um, you know, the the guy that, that brought me up, you know, watching the Cubs. And the, really the first moment that it really hit me that, it, that brought out real emotion and tears for me was right after the initial celebration was over, uh, Fox aired a commercial an old like 80s Budweiser commercial with Harry Carey in it. That was really the first time that I kind of like, you know, broke down uh, and cried because, you know, Harry's not here. Um, Jack Brickhouse, who was the, 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 the big famous announcer for the Cubs before Harry Carey came and took over, he's not here. Uh, Arnie Harris, who was the producer for Cubs baseball and WGN for years, he's passed away uh, as well. The other great players like, uh, you know, Fergie Jenkins and and Ron Santo, who was not only a Cub player, you know, a Cub great as a player, but was a beloved color commentator on the radio for the Cubs for years. He passed away uh, as well. And, you know, God bless Pat Hughes. He was here to see it. He got to make the call and announce to the world that the Cubs were world champions and that we claimed our first World Series in, uh, in, in, in franchise, well, not in franchise history, but in a long time. You know, it's our third world championship, but uh, first, one in, uh, first one in a very, very, very long time. You know, the Cubs are, are uh, you know, the Cubs are, are are true north for a lot of uh, a lot of us people uh, in in the Chicagoland area because it's such a such a big part of who you are as a person when you're from the city, especially if you are a Cubs fan. The you know Wrigley Field being the historic and and beautiful place uh, that it is, and uh, you know there's a rite of passage for every uh, child when you go to Wrigley Field. That's that's hallowed ground, man. Um, there's a lot of history uh, in that place. And, you know, it just, uh, you know, you, you go to memories of, you know, m- you know, your dad or, you know, somebody taking you there. I, I remembered my, uh, my, my middle school sweetheart. We, we had a, you know, we got to go to a Cubs game uh, there and being there and hanging out with her. I thought about her last night. Uh, my buddy uh, Andy, 
uh, Schumacher and, and our buddies Gus and, and, and Chester and Joe uh, and Armin, we all went to a game together when uh, one of our one of the guys that went to our high school, we didn't go to school with him, but uh, you know he went to Evanston Township High School like we did. He was pitching in a game. We decided to go. Uh, to that game, uh, and my my buddy and Andy and I, we made a we made a sign out of a sh- out of an old sheet uh, that we got ourselves on television, hanging the sign off of the uh, off of the upper deck on on the third base line. We were on uh, we were on TV. I still have it on tape, actually on VHS. Not that I'll ever get to watch it again, because who the hell has a VCR anymore? But uh, you know, it's it's a uh, between the top of the first and the bottom of the first, it showed us. We had no idea we were on TV, but it showed us, you know, between the innings holding, uh, you know, holding up that sign uh, on that big white sheet. And, and we did it to include WGN uh, as well. WGN going down the side and the and the words were wild kids get nasty for Kevin Foster, who uh, who himself unfortunately passed away uh, some years ago. And, um, you know, all that stuff, plus everything else. All the moments that we sat through, Leon Durham, the ball going through his legs in 84, uh, the Cubs not showing up for the NLCS in 89, uh, Bartman in 2003, that guy can finally walk the streets in safety now. And, uh, (laughs) you know, all of that came rushing in, and uh, we can all put it behind us now. We've got a clean slate going forward because the Cubs did it. And there's no wondering when next year will finally come. And uh, it, um, you know, that that song that's been playing, um, Eddie Vedder wrote a song called uh, All the Way. And uh, the chorus is simply, someday, uh, someday we'll go all the way. And um, someday was, was yesterday. <laughs> someday was, someday was yesterday. And, um, you know, like I said, there's 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 no wait till next year. Next year was this year. Uh, we don't have to worry and wait anymore. We're we're not the lovable losers uh, anymore, and uh, you know we're not a punchline anymore. There's uh, there's no more of that. You can be a Cub fan. Uh, I mean, not that not that any of us Cub fans weren't proud before. You know, proud Cub fan till I die. You know, bleeding red and blue, or blue and red, or or what have you and uh um you know but now it's uh it's you can definitely be proud be more than proud now uh to be a Cubs fan because you're you're validated your your suffering has been award has rewarded and uh, we've we we we've we persevered and we we made it through you know and uh anyone out there who isn't uh motivated or inspired right now um, you may want to press your uh, fingers on the old jugular and see if you have a pulse, you know, because uh, it uh, definitely puts that uh, gets the juices flowing to to see something that was, uh, you know, rendered impossible at one point to actually come through. And especially with the way that this team did it, you know, I, I posted something on Facebook last night saying that, uh, you know, I can safely say now that I'm glad the Cubs blew that lead in the eighth because uh it would have almost been anticlimactic for the cubs to to coast to a victory last night especially coming back from three to one uh in the series um you know it would have been anticlimactic in a way to watch them kind of cruise to a win last night in in a way it had to happen that way just to show everyone uh 
especially Cub fans, the curse is over. You know, not only did we blow this lead, which had everyone, including myself, as I said earlier, believing that, oh, man, here it comes. That's it. This is our Bartman moment. This is the Billy Goat moment. This is the the Black Cat in 69 moment. Leon Durham with the ball through his legs moment. Here it is right here. Chapman coming in and blowing a three-run lead in the eighth. Uh, that's it. That's the moment. And for it uh, for the Cubs to to not only survive but overcome and and uh, you know and win the game uh, was a total f u uh, to the curse and to show that it definitely was broken or that uh, you know God help us it never existed in the first place you know it was just there so it was a crutch an excuse who helped us Cub fans sleep at night uh, instead of just saying that you know what they just weren't good enough and uh, you know. To hell with me not being good enough. They just, uh, they're cursed, man. That's what it was. The baseball gods just aren't going to let the Cubs win, period. That's all it is. So, uh, you know, it's over with. The curse is gone. It's dead. It's buried. And and God bless Theo Epstein. <laughs> oh, man. I joked with my dad last night. They're going to tear down Harry Carey's statue and, and put one uh, of uh, Theo Epstein with his armor on Joe Madden uh, up front in front of the uh, in front of Wrigley now because uh, – you know, I mean, Theo Epstein, the guy's a magic worker. Now we just got to get him to uh, come work for the Bears so we can win a few championships there. So anyway, you know what, folks, that's uh, that's going to do it. Uh, that's all I got right now. And, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to send you out with that song uh, from uh, from Eddie Vedder uh, all the way. I plopped down my 99 cents to get it from this Pearl Jam website just so I could have it uh, have a copy of uh of my own so um you know be sure to come back either uh tomorrow saturday at the latest for the uh mid-season report episode uh, we go over the first eight games for the bears with lauren cox from bearswire.com preview the next eight and you know with that win over the vikings are we optimistic going into the last eight that the bears can make a season out of this thing or was that our Packer moment from 2015 where we, you know, beat the Packers on national TV on Brett Favre Jersey retirement night? Uh, you know, was this that moment or, uh, you know, are the Bears on the upswing? So maybe we can we can make it six and ten as opposed to, uh, you know, two and 14 and trying to shoot for the number one pick. So uh, anyway, that's going to do it for me, folks. And, um, you know, thanks for listening. If you're still here with me at the end, uh I appreciate you guys for uh, for sitting through and and letting me be uh, you know exuberant and 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 joyful and and celebrate this this moment in my life and this moment in history that uh, I truly feel blessed to be uh, a witness to, and uh, I'm I'm grateful that I have this platform to be able to share this um, with you and and anyone else uh, who wants to listen to it. So I'm gonna let Eddie Vedder uh, take us out. Um, someday we'll go all the way. And like I said, someday was yesterday. And um, now the clock starts over at uh, zero years since the Cubs won the World Series. So uh, thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed. First time you walk into Wrigley Field Our heroes
Those were pin signs, heroes in blue. Give us the chance to feel like heroes too. Forever we'll win, and if we should lose, we know someday we'll go all the way. Yeah, someday we'll go all the way. We are one with the cubs, with the cubs we're in love. Yeah, hold our head high as the underdogs. We are not fair weather, but foul weather fans. Like brothers in arms in the streets and the stands. There's magic in the ivy in the old scoreboard. The same when I stared at as a kid keeping score. In a world full of greed, I could never want more. And someday we'll go all the way. Yeah, someday we'll go all the way. Yeah, someday we'll go all the way. Yeah. To the men and the legends we've known Teaching us faith and giving us hope United we stand and united we'll fall Down to our knees the day we win it all Yeah, said, oh, let's play too How did it mean 200 years? In the same ballpark, a diamond, our jewel, the home of our joy and our tears. Keeping traditions and wishes made new, a place where our grandfathers, fathers, they grew. A spiritual feeling if I ever knew. And if you ain't been, I am sorry for you. And when the day comes for that last winning run, and I'm Crying and covered in fear I looked to the sky and know I was right To think someday we'll go all the way Yeah, someday we'll go all the way Yeah, someday we'll go all the way Yeah, someday we'll go all the way Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. 
crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.